The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking to Mary Derbyshire. She has taught fitness and movement for over 35 years and is a certified teacher of the Alexander Technique. We're discussing her new book, Agility at Any Age, Discover the Secret to Balance Mobility and Confidence. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Um, What inspired you to write this book? Well, as you said, I have been teaching movement and fitness um, for many years, and I've also been teaching the Alexander Technique. And I live in an area which has a large retirement population. And when I first moved to this area, um, I was surprised that a lot of people coming to see me for uh, back pain and, and neck pain, which a lot of Alexander teachers um, work with, um, these people were seniors, and I started noticing that not only were did their aches and pains go away, but their ability to move um, increased. They became more agile, more balanced, and um, they, they were often able to get back to the activities that they'd love to do earlier, and that they had to. They, they, they were setting aside because they felt that age was preventing them from from participating in life in a certain way. And so I had been living in this area for the past 12 years, and I thought, you know, I really would like to get this message out to everyone that age does not necessarily mean that you have to live with pain and stiffness, that there is a way that you can learn how to move better with improved agility and improved balance so that your life is more fulfilled. Well, you know, I... I I, I love that, that thought because um, it's very common for people who are older to say, you know, don't get old, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's hard. And, and what you're saying is that it doesn't necessarily have to be. It does not have to be that way. The Alexander te- Technique teaches you how to move better with less muscular tension. And as a result, um, many times pain and stiffness goes away. Hmm, that's really encouraging. Um, so is that what you mean by the title of the book, Agility at Any Age, that we can, can you know, embrace this um, at any time of our lives? Yes, and that we don't have to fall into these preconceived ideas of what aging means. That, um, you know, we have this iconic image of the doddering old granny or grandpa stooped over a cane, and that that is inevitable. And 
and I, it has been my experience working with seniors that that is not true. And that um, with a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of understanding of how we move and how you can move better, that you can, you can improve balance and you can improve mobility. Um, well, you know, I think that's really encouraging because we're always trying to find, you know, this fountain of youth and, and the fact that it's probably with us and we've just developed habits or over time just needed some help to, to um, get that back to maintain right. that as well. Yeah. So um, what is the Alexander Technique? Well, the Alexander Technique has been around for about 125 years. Um, it is a mindfulness-based practice that teaches you how to move more easily and with less muscular tension. Most of us um, move with way too much muscular tension. We don't need to force ourselves to move through space. And um, what happens as we get older, we develop habits that interfere with our natural sense of poison balance. We don't move like we did when we were younger, like when we were two or three or four years old. And there, there, there are many reasons for that. But one big reason, and the re- one big reason that the Alexander Technique uh, touches on is that you have habits that you've developed that interfere with you. And so what you learn with the Alexander Technique is how to identify those habits how to prevent those habits from reoccurring. And as a result, your natural way of movement can come back and can exist again. Um, your habits, how, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, your habits always involve, or almost always involve, excessive muscular tension. So that's well, what you- we're trying to prevent. Yeah, and and in your book you talk about how you know a child walks without all of that, and as we get older, we're we're swinging our hips in a certain way, and and I'm just wondering how that happens as we get older. What what makes us develop these these bad habits? Well, Alexander identified one particular habit that I call the universal habit, um, and what Alexander figured out, and this is through his own self discovery was that the way the head relates to the rest of the neck and the spine dictates how well you function. So if you think about a small child, and their head is beautifully balanced on top of their spine, and, and they move with incredible freedom and an incredible lightness to them. But we adults, we have a tendency to... Um, distort this head-neck-spine relationship. And what many of us do is we actually, we pull our head backwards off of our spine. And when we do that, it, it compromises the way you are designed to move. So, so we are very much interested in how the head relates to the spine. Now, interestingly enough, this pulling of the head back and down is part of the startle reflex. It's part of the fight-or-flight reflex. And so, essentially, the big universal habit that we've all got locked into as adults is, is a part of the fight-or-flight reflex. 
So, so what what does that mean when when you're talking about that fight or flight reflex? What's happening in in people's bodies? So when we when we are responding to a situation with any kind of fear, and fear is a huge umbrella. It's not just whether you're, you know you're afraid that I don't know that something is going to happen, but it it can be it can be anxiety, it can be um, it can be self consciousness, it can be agitation. I mean, it's a very 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 big umbrella. And when we go into the fight or flight reflex. We, we distort our head-neck-spine relationship, but a lot of other things happen to us. For instance, um, your breathing becomes more shallow. Your heart rate goes up. Your palms and your feet may sweat. Your digestion slows down. You don't breathe as deeply. Your voice becomes more shallow and not as resonant. And so all of these things manifest themselves within you when you go into fight or flight. So what we're doing is we are, let me back up a little bit. There's one thing that we, we, I, I need to stress is that there is no separation between the mind and the body. This is the way we, we look at the world, but there's only mind-body unity. And this is much deeper than just sort of what our culture today is saying is of, of, you know, mind, the mind, and the body. What this means is, is that how you think is how you are, and how you are is how you think. You cannot separate your mind from your body. So the way we address um, our students, our, the people who come to, for Alexander lessons, is that we are, um, we, we practice a technique by thinking of ourselves differently, because by thinking, we can affect our physicality. So we are addressing and thinking about our head and spine relationship. And as a result, it changes. Okay. Um, I, I want to go back a, bit, a little bit as well, because we talked about, you know, what the technique is doing with our bodies. But I think the, the way it developed is a, a really interesting story. And I think that might help people understand why this relationship is so important as well. Can you just talk a little bit about who Alexander is? Sure. Um, Frederick Matthias Alexander was born in 1869 um, in Tasmania, Australia. And he grew up to become a Shakespearean actor, and he moved to Sydney, but he had a problem. He uh, developed laryngitis. Whenever he would get on stage, he'd lose his voice. And he went to doctors, and he went to healers, and he went to vocal coaches, but no one could help him um, with his voice. Before one big engagement, a doctor friend of his told him to rest his voice for two weeks prior to getting on stage. And Alexander did this, and his voice improved. And he thought, well, this is great. I'll just get on stage, and I'll be fine. But, of course, he gets back on stage, and he loses his voice again. And he went back to his doctor friend and said, what's going on? And the doctor said, I have no idea. So Alexander said, "Uh, well, I'm going to figure this out for myself. And he put himself in a room with a mirror, and he watched himself recite and speak, speak and recite. 
And he noticed that there were three habits that were present whenever he went to speak that became much more pronounced whenever he went to recite. Reciting is more stressful. And so the first two habits had to do with him sucking in air and, and, and tightening in his throat. And the third habit, the most important habit, the habit that I referred to as the universal habit, was the pulling of his head back and down. Now, he could prevent, he, he, I'm sorry, he could not prevent the first two habits from happening. But the third habit, the habit of pulling his head back and down, he was able to prevent that from happening. And when he was able to prevent that from happening, the other two habits, they went away. So he said, wait a minute. There's something with the relationship of my head to my neck to my spine that dictates, that determines how well I function. Because when I don't pull my head back and down, all these other bad habits that had come about because my system was compromised, they disappear. My, when I don't pull my head back and down, my body moves the way it was designed to move. Well, you know so that... that, that- um, go ahead. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I just, I, I, I like that story because it, it just, um, it makes sense for how the rest of us are, you know. I mean, if we're just talking about the neck and shoulder pain that you mentioned earlier or, or you know, not, you know, not walking properly or being stiff, um, you know, we have habits like he, like Alexander did where we're, we're not, um, doing something properly and we're restricting things. So in his case, he was restricting his throat, so he was losing his voice. Um, and, you know, I think as we get, just as we're living life, we're, we're developing bad habits, as you say. Right, right. And, and, and the habits come from so many different areas of our life. We imitate our parents. We imitate our siblings. We imitate our friends. We um, we have activities such as playing tennis or or running, um, and habits develop from those activities. We uh, sit in really really bad furniture that was never designed for how you function, but designed for how pretty it looks. And then sometimes some people have had trauma, um, accidents, injuries, and habits develop around the healing from 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 that injury well that ma- yeah that makes sense as well yeah go ahead you're going to say something there are, so there are many 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 places that habit comes from and um and so we start we start to see uh, oftentimes people say, when did you, when do we start to pull our heads back and down? And we tend to see it around school age, around four, five, six years old, when children first enter school, when they become very sedentary. Um, I think it's also a time when they become self-conscious, they're leaving home and they're starting to feel, you know, for the first time independent. Um, and so that's when we start to see the distortion of the head, neck, spine, and then we see another big bout of it around adolescence. 
It was, you know, that makes sense as well. Adolescence would be stressful with hormone changes, plus all that pressure that mm-hmm. we go through. So that fight flight response when we're stressed out about growing up, I think. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so is there a way to prevent um, this habit even happening? Like, should people start learning the Alexander technique early on so that they're not developing those bad habits? Yes, that would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, it would be great if we could get it into into elementary schools and and just have children more aware of their own physicality in a in a constructive way. Um, the furniture, the school furniture that these that our children are sitting in is is just awful. And um, you know, a lot of school furniture the the seats slope backward, and so. In order for the child to sit over its desk, um, his or her desk, they have to slouch forward. So a lot of furniture encourages uh, what we call bad use. Bad, the, it, it encourages bad movement and encourages poor posture. Hmm. Um, Well, that's not a a good start to our lives. Um, We're going to take a short break and we're going to talk more about this when we get back. We're talking with Mary Derbyshire. She's the author of Agility at Any Age. We'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You 
are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Mary Derbyshire. She's the author of the book, Agility at Any Age. Mary, before the break, we, we talked about um, when our, I, I guess, our posture, um, you know, starts to decline. You said it's when we start school. And I, I would think that one of the main things there is that we're sitting. Um, and can you just talk about um, how important that is? The way we sit is extremely important. The habits that we show when we are, the poor habits that we show when we are sitting um, transfer over to when we stand, when we walk, when we run. So sitting is a really great place for you to start to sort of figure out how you're interfering with your natural movement. So... I want to give everyone a little sitting lesson, if I will, if I may. Is that possible? Yes, yes, please. Okay. So um, if you're sitting, if you're in your kitchen or you're near a firm chair, I want you to take a firm chair, like a kitchen chair or a dining room chair. And the chair should have, have as flat a seat as possible. We don't want it to be sloping backwards. And I want you to take your hands. And I want you to slide your hands underneath your bum with your palms up. And you're going to feel, under, on, on, your, on your palms, you're going to feel these bony bits, your sitz bones, S-I-T-Z, your sitz bones, or otherwise they're, they're known as your ischial tuberosities. And now I want you to slide your hands out from your sitz bones, and you will be sitting on your sitz bones. Now, in order to sit with any degree of ease, you have to be sitting on your sitz bones. Most of us, or many of us, we have a tendency to sit backwards off of our sitz bones, closer to our lower back or our, our sacrum. And when we do that, that automatically will make us slouch. And you can play around with this as you're sitting right now and as you're listening to me talk, that if you rock back a little bit, towards your, your, your back, you are automatically going to slump. And why is this so important? Well, one, we don't want to slump. Slouching is not good. We don't breathe well when we slouch. We don't, we're compressed. Our insides are compressed. We don't digest well. It impedes good blood flow. We, we are designed to be upright and to, and to be and to sit tall and to stand tall. So the other thing about sitting in a chair is that your feet need to be behind your knees when you sit. Many people sit with their feet way too far forward. And it's much easier to sit if your feet are a little bit behind your knees closer to the chair. Now, why is this important? If your feet are too far forward, when you go to stand, you're either going to have to haul yourself over your feet, which takes a lot of unnecessary muscular tension, 
unnecessary muscular tension is bad. Or the other thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to lift your feet up and push your feet into the ground to stand up. Once again, that will bring about unnecessary muscular tension. We want to make movement as easy as possible. We, when we move well, we move easily and lightly. When we're not moving well, we are heavy and, and, and not energized. And, 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 and we don't move with a lot of agility. So those three simple things, sit on a hard chair, sit on your sit bones, and place your feet a little bit behind your knees will help you sit better. So when you say, <coughs> excuse me, that we can feel, you know, heavy with, with the wrong muscular tension, is, are, are we creating fatigue by not doing things properly? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, go ahead. No, definitely. Because if we are, if if, if we are using too much muscular tension, it's, 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 it's almost frenetic. It's, 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 it's not efficient. We're not using ourselves efficiently. If we think about lightening up and, and, and we, we have these ideas about ourselves physically that, for instance, let's just cross over into exercise for a couple of seconds here. That exercise is a drudge. It's a dirge. You know, we even have expressions like to double down and no pain, no gain. And, and, and we, that's the opposite of what we want. We want to be able to move, but to move with, lightness and ease and fluidity well and I think we all want to move without pain and I think as we get older most of us experience at least some tension in you know one place or an injury or things just not feeling right so it makes sense to learn how to move properly and how to sit properly yeah so is there um, you know you said our feet have to be in a certain place so that when we stand up, we're not putting strain on our bodies. Is there a way to go from sitting to standing without doing that? Sure. So when we stand up, we want to bring ourselves over our feet to stand. Okay. So we don't want, what I see very often in my practice is that people will stand too soon. So they, they, they don't wait until their, their torso is over their feet, which allows them to stand. So if they stand too soon, they have to, they have to push themselves up. So that's, that's one thing about standing. The other thing is, is that standing is innate. It, your body knows how to stand. You're, you don't have to, you don't have to impose standing on your body. So as soon as you have the, the, the wish to stand and you bring yourself over your feet, you can allow standing to happen. And this is important because you, many people push with their feet to stand. And when, I first, when I'm working with people and I'll say, don't push into the floor when, when you stand, they, they'll think I'm, I'm nuts. Well, how else can I stand? But if you think of a small child, think of how they 
they go from they go and go from a standing position to a squat, from a squat to a stand. It's just effortless, right? We want to get back to that effortlessness. I remember when when my niece was was a baby and she would sit straight at the table and you know she didn't have any of those bad habits the rest of us had and and my mom was like just look at that you know where are we getting this all from and there's this little child who hasn't been taught anything and she's sitting straight at the table and and you know squatting and rolling around and doing everything with that with ease without any of the issues that we're all having exactly that is exactly what I'm talking about Exactly what I'm talking about. And her head was beautifully poised on top of her spine. Yeah. And that's that's the key right there. That that is the most important part. So I, I think most people listening probably spend eight hours a day sitting and um uh, is there something that they can do so that they're not putting that undue stress of sitting? Because I know, I mean, even if you're trying and you're conscious about the posture, I know after an hour it's going to slip on you because you're going to get fatigued. So what can people do to, to prevent that? Sure. Okay. The first thing is I encourage everyone to go and buy a sitting wedge. A sitting wedge is... Um, uh, uh, just this little contraption that you're going to put on top of a chair and it's higher towards the back of the chair than it is towards the front of the chair. And what this does is it elevates your hips a little higher than your knees. It is easier for you to sit when, you're, when your hips are a little higher than your knees. Ch- remember, chairs are not designed for how we function. And so... Um, a sitting wedge will make it much easier to sit for longer periods of time. And with, but with that being said, it's also important that you don't sit for long periods of time without breaking it up, without getting, getting up and moving around a little bit. We humans are designed to move. Um, we are not designed to sit. Sitting um, is actually almost artificial in many ways. Um, and, and chairs are a relatively new addition to our lives. Um, 150 years ago, people, only the rich and the, the, the very wealthy and the royal, royal sat in chairs. The rest of us sat on stools or benches or rocks or we squatted. So um, if you have to sit at a, a desk or behind a computer or in front of a computer or whatever, you want to, every 20 to 30 minutes, you want to stand up. You can, all you have to do is stand up and sit down or stand up and walk across the room and then sit down again. But don't stay seated for long periods of time. And that applies also with cars. If you have to go for a long car ride, break it up. I know getting, stopping every half hour may be a, a bit much, but stopping every hour is definitely doable. So um, I I have a, a chair that um, I can make slope slightly to the front. Don't, it sounds like it's like your sitting wedge. So my hips always sit higher than my knees. Is that mm-hmm. something that people can do as well? Yes, if, if they if they're if they're fortunate to have a chair like that, that's great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the same thing applies in with your car seat. 
Um, some cars, some car seats, you can do just like like you're saying with your 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 seat, your chair at, that you have. Um, you can elevate the back part of the seat, um, but a lot of car seats they they uh, fall backwards, and so you're getting a, a sitting wedge for your car is a good idea too. Yeah, I, I think, you know, most most people, I, I'm just thinking of, you know, watching friends and family drive, they're definitely slouching and they lean their chair back because they say it's more comfortable, but obviously it's probably more comfortable because they're giving in to that tension that they've created from doing that for years. Absolutely. And so the, so you raise a really good point. So so tilting the, the seat back, which everybody loves to do, and I'm always telling them to bring it forward, you want that seat to be forward because you want to be sitting upright. Um, it, that will be much more comfortable. You're going to have to get used to it because you, you've, become, you've become habituated to leaning back in the car. But over you know, a couple of days, you'll, you'll say, wow, this is so much better. So, um, what kind of changes should we expect to see over time if we start to sit properly from, you know, the slouching and leaning back and all of that? Well, hopefully pain and stiffness will be eliminated and you will start to move better, move more easily. When you're, when you start to really pay attention to how you move and you start to ask yourself to use less muscular tension and you ask yourself how can I do this more easily how can I how can I let me tell myself to to let go of unnecessary muscular tension let go of unnecessary muscular tension especially in the tongue in the jaw and the neck allow my head to release on top of my spine, you will find that movement will become easier. You will feel more in tune with your world. You will feel calmer. You will find that your balance improves. Your mobility improves. And, of course, all of that, you start to feel better in your skin. You start to feel more confident in who you are. And what you can do. Oh, I think we all want a little bit of that. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so you talked about, you know, being aware of your tongue and your jaw and your neck. And, and what does that have to do with, you know, our posture and our balance? When we pull our heads back and down off of our spine, when we are responding to our world that way, we are contracting all the muscles or all these muscles in our neck and throughout our back. It's a tightening and a shortening. And that affects your posture. That affects how you move. Uh, well, that, that definitely makes sense. What, what happens when, when people say they have um, problems with their jaw, if they're grinding their teeth? Is that going to affect them more than other people? Yes. As far as their posture is concerned, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so if you are a tooth, a tooth grinder, if you do grind your teeth, you have a lot of excessive muscu- muscular tension in your jaw. 
and your tongue. So pay attention. Pay attention to your jaw and, and think this. Think of allowing your jaw to release down from your skull. And think about your tongue, the tip of the tongue and the middle part of the tongue and the back of the tongue. The back of the tongue is attached to a bone at the top of your throat called the hyoid bone. So the tongue goes very, very, very far back into, the, into your throat. And so when we think about softening the tongue, we have to think about softening all of the tongue and being aware of, of where, it, where it is actually located. But asking yourself to release your jaw and let your jaw hang down from the skull and softening the tongue will really help you if, you're, if you grind your teeth. Um, well, you know, that definitely makes sense with, with everything you're saying. And I, I know there's a lot of people that are carrying tension there these days with, you know, extra stress and, and that kind of thing. So it's good to be aware of, of those things um, and try to work on them. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Mary Derbyshire. She's the author of Agility at Any Age, Discover the Secret to Balance, Mobility and Confidence. We'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of return to peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You 
are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Riss. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Mary Derbyshire. She's the author of the book, Agility at Any Age. Um, she, uh, So, Mary, before the... Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, I just was wondering what it looks like when when people are off balance. You mentioned that um, at the beginning when, um, you know, people are older and they're losing balance and things like that. But not everybody realizes that they're in that category. So what does it look like when, when we're approaching, um, with, whether we're older or not, that we're losing our balance or it's not perfect? Well, it's amazingly... We st- our balance starts to become compromised when our when we're in our mid forties, and you may not see it or you may not experience it, but it that's when we really need to start thinking about about balance. A person who is off balance or or balance whose balance needs to be improved. Um, you will notice that they they don't move well through their feet. And you'll see that there's a lot of immobility through their ankles and the rest of their foot. Um, they don't swing their arms easily when they move. And they almost it's almost like they're moving in one plane. They don't have a lot of resilience through their structure. When we move, when we walk and we walk well, we walk through our foot. We, 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 we walk, as I say, we walk through our big toe. Many people who have compromised balance, they lift, what I've seen is they lift their, their toes up in the air when they walk and you you will know if you are one of these people because you either will find that you have a hole at the top of your your sock or you'll find that you get holes at the top of your slippers or maybe even your sneakers if it's really bad. So if you think about, instead of, of holding your toes up, instead you think about allowing yourself to walk all the way from the heel to the big toe. And the big toe has... Two huge jobs. It helps you balance. It's a big part of your your, your balancing uh, system, and it also propels you forward. So, what happens when you're able to engage this big toe? You end up feeling like you're rolling forward. You feel like you're almost floating forward, as opposed to taking step one, step two, step one, step two. Okay, so can you um, just walk us through, if we realize that we're one of these people that's not walking with our toes properly, what we can do to help that? So, first thing is, is you need to make sure that you're wearing shoes that are flexible and the sole of the shoe isn't too thick. 
you do much better when your foot can make contact with the ground in a real way. So you want flexible shoes that are not too tight. Many of us wear shoes, believe it or not, that are way too small. And we wear socks that are too tight. Now, why is this a problem? When your, sh- when your foot is moving well, your toes are going to be releasing forward from your, the, your footbed. And if your shoes are too tight or your socks are too tight, that won't happen. You'll, your, your, your feet will be cramped. And so, so proper shoes, proper socks are, are, are the first thing. When you walk, your heel strikes the floor. You actually are striking the floor, not, not at the back of the heel, but a little bit further forward in front of the heel, sort of the mid part of the heel. And your body weight crosses the foot towards the, towards the toe, the big toe, the ball of the foot and the big toe. So you want to roll your foot. You want to be feeling as if, or, uh, or allowing your foot to roll towards the big toe. Did that help? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm just wondering if most of us are wearing shoes that are too small. How can we tell that? That's a really great question. <laughs> you, we need to have our foot, our shoes properly fitted. So many of us buy our shoes off of a rack and nobody is properly fitting our, our feet with shoe. So go to a good shoe store and have someone properly size your foot and, 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 and try on shoes from, from a, a, at a good shoe store that can, can, can start to point you in the right direction of what kind of shoe will, will fit, your, fit your foot. So, um, well, I mean, that definitely makes sense if we're looking at how we're walking and, um, you know, our shoes need to be proper for us. And I think just like most of our clothes, we don't always realize we think they fit and they kind of look good, but we don't really know all the rules, right? <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, investing in a good pair of shoes that fit you well, it's, it's, it's imperative, your feet, your feet. Oh, we malign our feet, right? We we shove them into these shoes that that once again they were not designed for how we function, but by how pretty they are. Yeah, um, of course, of course, they always are. <laughs> right, and and if you're a woman, oh my God, do not wear high heels. Do not wear high heels. I can't tell you the feet I have seen from high heels. It's mm. it's Chinese foot bondage. I mean, it's you know. No high heels. And if you and if yes, I understand. Every now and then you're going out, then wear a wedge. But don't don't elevate that heel and put all that pressure onto the ball of the foot. Yeah. Um, it, not so, only does it just really ruin your your feet, it it ruins your knees and your lower back. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when we're looking at posture, if, if our head is important, um, I'm guessing our feet are just as important in that process. Um, I would say they're important. Most important is the head. But, yes, the feet are very important as well. Okay. Um, so in your book, you talk about the Alexander Technique lie down. What is that? 
So this is a, the Alexander Technique lie down is one of the cornerstones of the work. Rest is incredibly important. We live in a world where we just go, 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 and go. And the first step of the Alexander Technique is to stop. And so the Alexander Technique lie down really teaches you how to stop and how to bring stopping into your life. And the way that we do it um, is that we uh, lie on the floor. If you are not able to get down to the floor, you can do it in your bed. And you lie with a couple of books underneath your head. So it's underneath the back of your head. And you lie with your feet so that they're flat on the floor, which means your knees are pointing towards the ceiling. And you just place your hands on your ribcage. And you lie in this position for 5 to 20 minutes, once or twice a day. And you pay attention to where you're holding on and where you are, um, where you have unnecessary muscular tension. And you ask yourself to let go of this tension. And this is, I, I, I say to people, if, if I were to tell you there's one thing that you could do that would alleviate or eliminate pain, calm you down, make you happier, give you more energy, and it was free, and it was very rewarding, would you do it? This, this, the, the AT lie down is trans, transformational, it's completely transforming your life, and it's a practice. It's a practice like meditation is a practice, like yoga is a practice. And if you bring this into your life, I guarantee, I guarantee you that it, it will have profound effects on your life, on your day, and who you are. So um, how often should people do this? They should do it. It should be a daily practice um, at least once a day. Uh, we, if you're in pain twice a day, if you're really motivated, but at least once a day. And it, you can choose when you want to do it. You can do it first thing in the morning. You can do it before you go to bed at night. You could do it four o'clock in the afternoon. So, um, it, I mean, it sounds very similar to a lot of mindful um, awareness practices and, and meditation. Is it is it along that lines of just bringing awareness to the body? Is that what people are trying to do? Yes, yes. Because remember what I said at the beginning, that the Alexander Technique is a mindfulness-based practice. How you think about yourself. This is all about how. How we think about ourselves. So yes, it is very much like, like that, very okay. very much. And, and um, how important is is breathing in this process? Breathing is the is the fundamental. That's exactly where Alexander started was with the breath, and um, if if you if you're not moving well and you have too much muscular tension in you, your breathing is not going to be free. It's going to be restricted. And so when you start to lighten up and release unnecessary muscular tension, your breathing is going to become more free. 
and more expansive. And as a result, your voice is going to become more richer and more resonant. Um, so how does it, what does it look like to breathe properly? People who breathe well have a mm, resiliency and a buoyancy throughout their, their torso. And there is an expansiveness. It's a real, the, the action of the ribs is like, like a billow. And so, so when they, so when they exhale, there's the release and then the inhalation, you'll, you'll have this expansiveness of the ribs to the side and to the front and the back. And it's just very, um, it's very open and free. Well, I, I know um, in in some of my experience, if we're not breathing properly, well, we're not moving our rib cage. So then, of course, that can lead to anxiety or be caused by anxiety. And then there's a mm-hmm. lot of tension that can develop from from not moving properly, just like not sitting properly. I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And as a result, the the voice is uh, less resonant, becomes thin. Um, uh, and, you, and we all know this, we know this when we're nervous, that our voice becomes higher and it doesn't feel as, as rooted in our, in our, in our bodies. Um, so, um, we're going to have to end the show, but I know that there's a lot of people listening. They're probably really interested in how they can then help themselves with this. And, and your book is coming out in a, in a couple of weeks from now. Um, is there a way that they can get a hold of your book or get any more information? The best, the best thing to do right now would be to go to my website, um, mderbyshire.com. Uh, there is a free first chapter that you can um, opt in for and you'll receive it in your email inbox. And um, when the book becomes available, I will take those people who are interested and I will send them um, an email and a link to, to purchase the book. Well, that's great. Um, I, I want to thank you so much for, for joining me today. This was a really informative episode, and I, I think that um, it's something that we can all benefit from because we all have bodies, and most people have poor posture unless they've worked on it already. <laughs> thank you so much. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Just be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week.